Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I get to be here with Becky Kopitsky, who is author of the book, Love Because, How to Change the World One Blessing at a Time. And I just don't know if there's ever been a time where we've needed that message more than today. So Becky, thank you so much for being here to Thanks share for your message. Me. Yeah. I'm excited to share this message. Like you said, I think it's just important for our society at a time like this, especially. Yeah, it absolutely is. And before we get into your book, though, we like to ask all of our guests, what is your favorite prayer closet? It, it can be off the wall. It could be really traditional, but where do you go to feel close to God? I'll tell you, it's not a closet. It is a stretch of property where I walk my dogs. Mm -hmm. It used to be, I would take my kids out on the stroller when they were little, and then they became old enough to talk back to me and have conversations. And I realized I lost my prayer time. Yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) like, it's good, but it's, yeah, it does take away that ability. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm easily distracted by things in the house. So when I get away walking the dogs, or even out by myself for a walk. That's really my best prayer time. It's just God and me and the open sky. And I have uh, all my best questions for God during that time. And then I have an opportunity to stop and listen because I don't have the distractions of what's happening in the house. And so that is, that's prayer, right? Speaking to him and really stopping to listen. So for me, it's out for a walk. I love that. For me, when I, for a time when our oldest was a baby, I would pray in the car and sometimes I would pray out loud, especially if I was upset about something or, you know, just kind of crying out to God, but I'd do it out loud sometimes. And I realized kind of like you, there came this time when he'd be like, mommy, who are you talking to? And it's like, oh, I guess maybe I need to find another place to do that. Or, my kids or, crazy. or be a witness, right? I'm talking to Jesus. He's here. I the would I'd say I'm praying, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> Forgot you were back there. <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> well, tell us about what inspired you to write your book, Love Because How to Change the World One Blessing at a Time. It really was inspired by a conversation I had with a dear friend. Her name is Erin. We were getting together one day um, to clear out, clear out some closets in her home because she had just been through a terrible tragedy. She had lost her husband and daughter in a mm. random act of violence here in our community. And we were going back to her, the house that she had shared with her husband. And we were um, removing some of his clothing from closets and things like that. It was pretty, it was a pretty heavy day. But I was asking her about their relationship and she really opened up and was telling me that when they 
were experiencing the last year of their marriage, which of course they didn't know was going to be the last year of their marriage, but um, they were just going out of their way to be kind to each other, to recognize one another's needs. And it started with one gesture and then she felt compelled to respond to that gesture and, and back and forth until they realized she told me it was like that last year of their marriage, they were trying to outbless each other. And that word just stuck with me. And I thought there's really something in that, the idea of going out of ourselves to meet another person's need. And then when it's reciprocated, then imagine how that can continue to snowball kindness and love in a relationship and grow people closer, even when it's not reciprocated. Being kind, loving in action is the right thing to do in God's eyes. And so I started thinking about how I hadn't been doing that well in my own relationships mm -hmm. and what would my relationships look like if I started. So God just wouldn't let go of the topic. And I eventually made some notes, created an outline, and it, it became my next book opportunity. And I'm, I'm very grateful I had the chance to write this book because it challenged me quite a bit. And I was able to talk to so many delightful people on their own perspectives. And it was, I believe, something that God called me to do that I didn't feel equipped to do. But I'm grateful he called me to do it because it, I grew so much in the process. Well, and I feel like those are when, when God calls us to those things that we're just like, what are you thinking? I'm not the man for this job. Yes. <laughs> I'm not the woman for this job. And like, I just feel like those are the times when, I mean, that's probably why he chose you for that. You look at the Bible and all of these examples of ill-equipped men yes. and women that God used in amazing ways. And I mean, I just think what a, what a great place to start of being yes. at the end of yourself and knowing that the only way that this is going to be accomplished is through God's strength. And then like, yes. how can you fail when you have that mindset? That's so true. That's actually a really good word for me today, having to do with another deadline I'm working toward and feeling yes. ill-equipped in. And when, when God, when we can't do it on our own strength, that's, mm -hmm. I believe you're right. It, the hardest jobs are often the most worthwhile because they cause us to lean on God. Yeah. And yeah. And he always does such a better job than we do. <laughs> Right. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as I read that story of your friend, I mean, obviously my heart just broke for her to lose her husband and her daughter in a tragic accident. Um, and then the blessing though, of her being able to look back on that last year and realize that she had done that. And, and it made me think, we don't know when our last moments will be with the people around us. And so why not begin being intentional about it right now, as if this is the last day or the last week or the last year that we'll have with these people that mean so much to us yeah. so that we, we have no regrets looking back. Yes. No regrets. That's, that's a goal of mine. Not in that. I believe I need to live a perfect life because no one can, right. but if it's, and it's an overall sense, I can look back and say over a period of a year or 10 years or 50 years eventually, and, and look back and say, I, I believe I was walking with the Lord mm -hmm. in the big things and the little things I've made mistakes. But if I can look back and say, I had an overall objective Mm -hmm. to honor God and to love my people well, then I'm in a, I'm, I'm on the right path. And so it's, I think having that overall objective is going to keep us from making some choices that we may regret down the road. 
but I try to have that in mind on a daily basis is what, what is God asking of me today? It's to, to love my neighbor as myself. And so that's what I want to do. And we all fall short, right? But for me, it's about showing that love in action with words and with gestures and with decisions that show the people around me that I care about them. And I don't do it perfectly. Of course, I fall prey to all the same distractions and derailments that anyone else does. But overall, if that is my objective, is that I want to be able to look back and say, I did the job of loving people well, then I think I'll be on the right path. Well, I love how you give us this doable framework of, you call it the four P's of blessing. So can you kind of give us that overview of how you divide up the book? Sure. So the four P's of blessing are essentially four categories of ways that we can show love in action. Blessing is essentially love in action, kindness in action. And so the four P's involve presence, possessions, perspective, and prayer. So we can bless people with our presence by being available to them, whether physically or uh, not even in the room. One of my favorite examples was from a a good friend of mine who said when her younger sister was in college and going through finals, they have a 15-year age difference. And so she was, my friend was busy raising young kids and and had a crazy household, but her sister was still in the college world and going through finals. So she would send her meals during finals week to just to keep her fueled. So she would have her favorite takeout place delivered. She sent her a bouquet of fruit one day. It just, I thought of how she couldn't be there with her physically on the campus, but her presence, she was making her presence known. She was reminding her that she was with her and she was encouraging her through it. So um, that I love the idea of being available for people, whether that is in the flesh or not. And then possessions is, is simply what it says, right? We, are we willing to give our things to people? Are we willing to give our money to people? But even more so than that, I, this may sound harsh and I mean it well. I I mentioned in the book that sometimes writing a check is easy, but truly giving of your possessions in a personal manner is harder, but maybe more meaningful. And an example that I share is my dear friend, Alicia came upon a homeless man and she was running to meet her husband for a coffee. And she decided that she needed to get a coffee for this gentleman too. And she thought, well, I'll just run to the gas station and get the cheap coffee. But the God convicted her and said, your husband is worthy of the fancy coffee shop mocha, but this man is not. So she went to the fancy shop. She bought him a, a coffee and a scone and sat on the steps with him outside of the library, gave him the food and asked him about himself. It turned out he was listening in his ear earbuds to worship music. Oh, And she gave of her possessions, she gave of her time to sit and talk with him. And she was the one who was convicted by it because here's a man who has nothing at all and he was worshiping the Lord. So just being available to give of our possessions and our perspective has a great deal to do with that too. How are we looking at other human beings? Are we looking at them as people made in God's image? Are we looking at them the way God sees them? Are we holding biases against them because they don't think the way we do? They don't look the way we do. They don't speak the language that we speak. And then prayer, as you know, Jamie, (laughs) prayer is perhaps one of the, the, perhaps the greatest blessing and gift that we can give other people because it, because it is the one choice that can directly invoke the power of God is when we reach out to him in prayer and ask him to intercede in someone's life. And that's something we can do, even if we can't do all the rest 
You know, I, I've had conversations with friends whose health was absolutely shot and they, they were bedridden, but they could still pray for people. You know, they didn't have anything left. They couldn't give possessions. They couldn't give their presence. They couldn't give their, their time or their talents, but they could still pray. And so that is one of the strongest gifts we can give anyone is asking God to intercede. Yeah. I love that. Um, you have a, a specific story in your book of a friend that was bound to a wheelchair because of health and just not able to do very many physical things at all. And you know, that this is, this is the thing that anyone can do is yes. to pray and through prayer, it doesn't matter if you're unable to to travel, unable to go anywhere, your prayers can cross the world, <laughs> can cross, yes. you know, to the other side of the world and impact people from no matter where you are. And, exactly. and yeah, I think that is, that's a powerful thing to remember and a really important message for women who are struggling with, um, like you said, either a lack of funds or a lack of time, a lack of mobility, whatever it is, if they can't bless in other ways, that this is a very, very powerful way and under recognized way, maybe because it's invisible and because Mm -hmm. we put such value on in our culture on doing and getting things done and seeing the fruit of our labor. And with prayer, you could be sowing for years and decades and maybe a lifetime and not see the fruit of those prayers, but it's coming and it's happening invisibly. So it's happening invisibly. Exactly. The most powerful things are invisible. And if we could only see into the heavenlies to know how our prayers are influencing and how, how the, the hosts with God are cheering us on. If we could only see that, I know we would be spurred to continue, but we just in faith have to continue on mm-hmm. with prayer. Yeah. And then what is the, you have a fourth P don't you? Did we get to the, oh, fourth no, one? we talked about them presence, possessions, perspective, and prayer. Oh, that's yeah. right. Prayer is yeah. the fourth one. <laughs> All right. Here's the fourth one. Well, you come up with this. Um, list of do's and don'ts. Obviously, prayer is a big focus of ours. And so I I really focused on that chapter. Um, I love your list of do's and don'ts, blessing others through prayer. Could you talk about a few of your favorite ones of those? Because I thought some of those were just really insightful. Oh, thank you. Oh, there go my office dogs. Can you hear them? That's okay. We're dog people. We love office dogs. They just, they, they spice up the conversation. Yes, they, they are my best <laughs> friends here. They're my small employees, yes. <laughs> so one of my favorites is, of course, to pray in the moment. And as in, it's easy to say to someone, how can I pray for you? And then to say, I will pray for you. But what if we were to stop in that moment, whether it's with the person, I will pray for you right now. Or if my friend texts me and says, can you please pray for me? You know, I my daughter's not feeling well today. I'm really maxed out, stressed. And instead of just texting back, I will pray for you. Sometimes I'll just text back the prayer, you know, or, or usually these days I won't call because (laughs) she's already stressed out, right? The last thing she needs necessarily is um, another phone call to answer. Or maybe if it's the kind of friend who really needs that from you, stop in that moment 
and, and pray, even text your prayers, voice text your prayers. Just this morning, I was at Bible study and a dear friend of mine will stop in passing. And instead of how are you doing? I'm fine. We'll say, how are you really doing? And then we'll take 30 seconds to spill the real deal. Right. And then she stopped and prayed for me in the hallway at church as we were both heading out to our individual Bible study groups. So instead of saying, I will pray for you, which you may, you might, if you are truly a praying person, you're not being disingenuous when you say, I will pray for you. But how powerful is it before your life gets busy and you get distracted? How powerful is it just to stop in the moment and actually pray with or for a person? Even before you say, I will pray for you. How about texting back and saying, I just prayed for you. (laughs) Yes. I like that. And it's just, it's the, I don't know. So I made up a word. It's (laughs) prayer procrastination because (laughs) a lot of times you procrastinate praying and it's because it seems like, and I do this with lots of things where I think, oh, it's going to take a lot of time. I'll do it when I have time. Prayer takes way less time than you think. I mean, Alana loves to share the prayer tip, you know, set a timer for one minute and pray for the one thing that's on your list. And you would just be amazed at how slowly 60 seconds goes by when you sit and you just pray, you can pray really thoroughly for someone in 60 seconds. And so I love that, uh, that tip that you have to just pray right away. And I like that idea of instead of yes, I'll pray. I just prayed for you. I, that's because that's very powerful. I think there's that there's just a subtle difference, but for that person to be like, okay, I have that prayer backing yeah. me up now. Yes. And, and even for those of us who keep a prayer journal, right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we remembering to go back and to pray again, I, we don't want prayer to feel like a chore. Like, oh, I told 20 people today, I was going to pray for them. And so I better do it or else I'm not yeah. a good Christian. Right. It's, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about constant communication with the Lord and being mm-hmm. able to, to, to come to his throne, regardless of what else is happening. And if we if we're in a busy day, we can still stop, give 10 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Lifting somebody up. So that to me is an important do of prayer is just, just pray in the moment. Don't be afraid to pray in the moment. And then also, I also encourage us to pray scripture, to use God's own words back to him, because, it, you know, in doing so, we're praying according to God's will. And we're laying claim to his promises when we pray scripture. So I'll do this for my children. I'll say, you know, Lord, help them to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, or um, whatever it may be. I used to pray this one a lot uh, for my kids in various situations, but Lord, help them to be strong and courageous. Help Mm -hmm. them to know that you will be with them wherever you go. So you, you pull truths from scripture and pray those for the people in your lives. Pray them for yourselves. Just because God's word is alive and active. So, you know, stake a claim on those promises and pray God's own words back to him. Um, and then another, <laughs> this is a, we'll just end with um, one of my favorite don'ts for prayer is don't shame people with your prayers it's in group oh. prayer in particular. Oh, this can be a doozy, can it? <laughs> yes. It yeah. Can. And and I, you know, I share an example where I was in a prayer group. It was actually, it was our worship team. I sing on the worship team at our church. And so we were rehearsing for a big event 
And afterwards we were all in a circle and taking prayer requests. And, um, I had just had LASIK surgery done. And so my eyes were, if you've ever had LASIK, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Right. But there was a series of many, many weeks where my eyes uh, were burning and, um, very, very dry to the point of being uncomfortable and painful. Mm -hmm. And I had just had the surgery done and I did not want it to be a distraction to serving well in, um, in this particular event that we were about to be singing, playing music for. So I just said, uh, would you, would you all just pray that this will not distract me that, that, you know, my eyes would be healed from this discomfort. <laughs> and, and the next person that goes out to pray in the group setting says, Lord, help us not to pray for insignificant things like health issues. <laughs> help us to see Lord that you are bigger than that. And I thought, Wait a second. <laughs> I said, oh. um, was that a slam? <laughs> that was a that was a prayer slam. That was a prayer slam. So it doesn't just, get lower than that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So don't do that to people in a group setting. Don't mm-hmm. you know, judge whether or not their prayer was worthy of being heard. But mm. it, that kind of a situation, people are already vulnerable in group prayer situations. Yes. And so to be encouraging one another and to recognize that each person is coming to the Lord from where they stand. And it may, you may be further evolved with the Lord, or you may just be in a different season in your, your faith walk, but everyone, it, everyone is welcome to come to the throne. Those of us who have, you know, Jesus in our lives, we can come and we can pray to the Lord and we should be able to pray in group settings without feeling shamed, without feeling scolded, and especially without gossiping about others in prayer circles. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, that's in the same vein, the gossiping, you know, sharing through your, oh, and Lord be with so-and-so. Yes, I know. She's in rehab again. Well, did anybody need to know that she's been cheating on her husband again? Well, I don't know that I needed to know that about your cousin. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It it might be work that she needs to do with the Lord. So, yeah. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Yeah, and I, th- I think that just highlights the importance of I don't know, like when, when we do things like communion, we take it seriously. We come into, I've, I've never been at a church where communion is taken lightly. You, you go into communion with maybe some worship, some confession or scripture or something, remembering the words of Jesus. Well, when we're coming into the throne room of God, I, you know, I, I feel like it would do us all really, uh, 
good to come into that with that same kind of humility and reverence and grace, you know, grace for the others when we're doing group prayer. Cause it is, it's, yeah. it, it can be tempting. I'm sure I've done things or come in, or even if you don't verbalize it, I'm the kind of person I don't verbalize things like that. I never would, but in my head, like check your head. What are <laughs> you doing? Are you judging? Are you judging the way that person's praying or what they're praying for? Or, you know, so yeah, yes. it's, it, that can be, yeah, yeah that's, that can definitely that, that's, be a, a trip up. And understanding that everybody is in, you know, they're, they're, they're walking with the Lord mm-hmm. at their own pace and they, maybe they're not as spiritually mature as you are, yeah, but that doesn't mean that okay. they're not coming to the Lord where they are. Right. And it also doesn't mean that their prayers aren't just as powerful from where they're coming from, or maybe more so if you're judging them, you might be like that Pharisee saying, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that evil tax collector over there. And meanwhile, the tax collector is like, Lord, help me. I'm a sinner. I love you. <laughs> you know, it's so yes. it's yes, for sure. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I really, your book, we talked about this a little before we went on the air is just filled with amazing stories and anecdotes that illustrate these concepts of blessing so well. And one of my favorite stories was your friend, Rachel, and her experience with being blessed by the prayers of others who happen to be total strangers. Can you share that story? That was great. Yeah, it really is a beautiful story. So my friend Rachel in her twenties, um, developed some health issues, which rendered her immobile. I mean, her, her, um, knee began to swell to the point where it was, it was painful and she couldn't walk and there was no explanation for it. She was otherwise young and healthy and she became very quickly, mysteriously, um, immobilized and, it was very difficult for her and the, and the doctors weren't prepared with any answers. And so she struggled quite a bit. And then one day received in the mail, a card from someone whose name she didn't recognize. And she opened it up and it said, dear Rachel, we attend your grandparents' church and they've been telling us about your struggle. We just want you to know that we are praying for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and, we're praying for you and and we're claiming the promises of the Lord on your behalf. And these similar notes and cards started pouring in. And over a series of two weeks, Rachel showed me these notes. She received, I think upwards of 80 different cards, postcards, notes from people at her grandparents' church. So several States away, she had never met them. She didn't have a personal relationship with them but they were praying for her by name. And then they sent her cards to let her know that they were doing it. And she said, those prayers really shored her up during a time when she was very, it was scary. It was very discouraging. Her health, which she had previously been able to rely on was falling apart. And these prayers reminded her that God sees her because she had been asking him, why won't you heal me? What is wrong? Why can't you come up with some answers here, Lord? And he reminded her through these people, total strangers, that he was with her. He was with her in the fire. And several months later, the doctors discovered the cause was an autoimmune disease. And within 24 hours of her first dose of treatment, she was, re- was on the road to restoration. Mm-hmm. And her health was back to normal within a short period of time. And she looks at it now and says that that story was like, 
like the story in Exodus 17, where the Israelites are in battle against an enemy army. And, and Moses is holding a staff up in his hands. And as long as he keeps it there, the Israelites are winning this battle. But he gets tired, he's exhausted, and he can't keep his arms in the air. So Aaron and her go to Moses and they hold his hands up. They stand at his sides and they take his hands and they hold them up in the air for him until the battle is won. And Rachel said, that's what they did for me. That's what these people did for me. They came alongside me and they held up my arms until the battle was won. I was exhausted, but their prayers shored me up until God came to the you know conclusion about my situation. And so, well, God always knew the conclusion, but until he let Rachel come to a point of restoration, And that to me is such a beautiful example of how we can bless people so tremendously with what seems like a small gesture of prayer or a card, but individually and collectively, how that made a tremendous impact in her life during one of her darkest moments was just amazing. And such an amazing picture of Jesus to Rachel from people who are just following the Lord's prompting. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, a card, I just feel like today for me personally, a card is very special. Not a lot of people send actual cards anymore. I'm guilty of it. My mom would be so disappointed with me. She passed away many years ago, but she always had me write thank you cards to people. And, um, she was a, a card person and I have not been, but when I receive a card, um, just especially thinking of her situation, getting these, you know, card after card, of people praying for her, that had to be very powerful. And I just think of that as if you don't know anything else to do to help someone, whether it's, if they're struggling, if they're grieving, whatever it is, I just feel like a card is probably a really easy, not really that easy, I guess, but it's a, you know, it's, it's a pretty simple way to bless someone. And it's something they can hold in their hands and, and cling to and reread over and over again. A phone call is wonderful. And there's a time for a phone call or a text or an email. Absolutely. Something really, really neat about a card that would be just a great, uh, I I love this story because it illustrates that really well. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be so simple. You can keep a box of blank cards. Yeah. In, you know, in, in your junk drawer. Yourself. <laughs> yes. And, and when you sense a need, just send something out, keep stamps and cards on hand. You don't have to go to the gift shop, you know, <laughs> to, to buy a $6 card every time you could just keep a box of simple cards on hand. Yeah. I was just blessed with one today. One of the beautiful gals in my Bible study wrote me oh. a personal note and handed it to me at Bible study. And it truly touched me that she would take a moment to write with, you know, remember pen and paper, remember that? And she yeah. just wrote me this card. And I have a basket of cards from over the years, encouragement cards that I've received from people for various reasons that I keep and I treasure that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's very powerful for sure, especially today when it's rare. <laughs> card yeah. today is rare. It is. Yeah. I think that story illustrates the importance of being spirit led in our blessing, because like you said, it's these, they're these small gestures. They seem small to us in a way, but if they're timed in a way where that person like Rachel is just saying, God, where are you? Yes. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think of the man mm-hmm. on the corner, listening to worship music that needed food or needed, you know, needed coffee. And like, who knows if he was just like, 
God, I'm lonely. Where are you? Or, you know, God saw that need. And at that moment, he meets it through one of the members of the body of Christ. And that's true, whether it's a text or whether it's, you know, just a, how are you really? Or whatever the things are, it's, if it is, if it is led by the spirit, it could be timed in such a way that it could literally save someone's life. There could, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard of, um, you know, instances where people were feeling lonely to the point of ending their life. And then some God sent someone to intervene to show that they cared at just the right moment. And so, yeah, this could be, um, but yeah, to just be open open. and not, not ignore those promptings of the Holy spirit to do things that you're like, why would that make a difference? But it might. It might, and it requires an awareness, right? For mm-hmm. us to be aware of people who may need us yeah. and to be listening to God and then obedient, obedience to him when he asks us to do something that we might think is inconsequential, mm-hmm. but it's really not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a really comprehensive list. You have these 50 ways to bless other with others with your prayers could you share a few of your favorites that we could just apply today in our everyday lives? Absolutely. A few of my favorites, and it's tough to choose, but um, speaking of texting people, one of my uh, favorites is to consider texting, praying for someone before you text them. How many times a day are you texting someone, right? Or you reach out to to initiate a text for whatever reason it may be. But what if we were to pray for, for people, everyone that we text, pray for them before you text them? How would that (laughs) imagine how that might, how many prayers that's going to generate, right? That's a good one. This is one that I actually heard from, um, from a youth group leader is every time you break at a stoplight, pray for someone. Mm -hmm. How often do I break at a stoplight and I'm just tired uh, of waiting at a stoplight. So I grab my phone to see if, if anybody has texted me, which is a terrible thing to do. Children don't do this. My, my, my older daughter right now is learning how to drive. You should never pick up your phone at a stoplight. Oh, when never. you have driving age kids, it changes how you <laughs> view things. It's like looking in a mirror, like, Oh, I do that. Oh, I got to stop doing that. <laughs> yes. I don't just want my the kid other to day. Do that. Oh my goodness. Just the other day, my daughter and a friend of hers are both 15 years old, learning how to drive. Um, Mrs. Kapitsky, you didn't make a full stop at that stop sign. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids. You're right. I didn't. Cause this is the one right off of my street where I know where I'm going and, I, and there's nobody coming, and I, right. but you're right. I should have stopped fully at that stop. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I forget what movie it was. I think it was the movie clueless where she's like, I like totally paused. <laughs> Okay. That reminds, I, I have to watch that one with my that husband. movie. She that, would love yeah. that movie. It's classic. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, let's talk about that. Speaking of kids, praying for your child's future spouse. Now, a little, I oh, know a yeah. lot of us already do that, but do you pray for your child's future spouse's parents? Oh. I've been praying for these by two girls. I've been praying for these boys' parents for years praying that the Lord would give them strength to endure and to uh, raise up kind and loving boys who will become kind and loving young men someday. So pray for their parents to have perseverance and grow in raising these young men or young women. I've never heard anybody suggest that. I love that because it it is so important. They need, (laughs) they need the prayers now more than probably the kids themselves, you know, and just to, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Years ago, I, you know, I'd I'd be 
at, at toddlers at my feet, baby in a, a bassinet. And I'd just be praying for who, whatever woman out there is dealing with what I'm dealing with. Yes. With my, Your my future baby's future spouse. <laughs> yes. My future son-in-law. Yeah. Someday. Right. Well, won't those be fun conversations to have someday? <laughs> yes. they. But, do. Yes, they would. They're fun. And then just one thing um, that I like to make a habit for us, my kids don't take a bus to school. We drive them to school. And so I have for a long time now prayed with and for my kids on the drive to school just to start their day off. Uh, And we pray for the teachers. We pray for them. We pray for their day, but we always pray for the teachers to have perseverance and patience and kindness and to recognize the needs in the classroom, but mostly that they would be blessed and they would have the energy they need to get through the day. But so for those of us who are parents and, and, or any opportunity we have with the kids in the car, um, make a habit of praying together. And I'll ask the kids, what do you want to pray for this morning? Or, and they'll usually come up with somebody else. You know, I want to pray for so-and-so who broke her arm, or I want to pray for so-and-so whose puppy just died or whatever. And Usually they don't want prayer for themselves. And so it's a really neat way also to train up the kids in learning how to pray for other people. Oh, definitely. That's, that's cultivating an outward focus for them to be yeah. always thinking about how can I bless someone with my prayers and yeah. wow, teachers, I, we just had our parent teacher conferences a couple of weeks ago. And one of my kids' teachers was being really hard on herself. She was just saying, you know, I, uh, I haven't done this and that. I just feel like this year has been really that I, I've kind of dropped the ball on some things. And I was like, you're showing up every day. <laughs> like give yourself a pat on the back. You are present. And she's actually doing a fantastic job. And I did let her know some things I really appreciated, but I mean, the, the trickle down effects from COVID just the, yeah. I know that there've been behavioral yep issues. There've been, you know, just what she was struggling with is a lag in learning a huge spectrum of, of knowledge because some kids basically lost an entire year and a half and some kids accelerated during that time. And so she's got this huge gaping difference in, in knowledge base for her kids and she can't juggle it all. And so, yeah, I just, I think praying for the teachers really helps the kids you know, especially in the classes, you know, they're not always going to enjoy their teachers and that could right. teach them, you know, pray for people, even when you don't like them. Cause they, they have problems too. They have a story and, and we need yes. to know that they, and something also about your friend who brought the coffee to that man just made me think, you know, just being aware that each person has a story. It mm-hmm. can help us not to just see, you were saying, you know, sometimes we look at people that are different than us or think differently from us or act differently or in a different place in life. And we kind of look down on them or just ignore them altogether or discount them as valuable. Um, And I just think that practice of recognizing each person has a story that we have no idea about, and that can help us kind of to, I don't know, gain that perspective. So I love that practice. Of, of yeah. praying with the kids. Yeah. And it's, and now I'm reaching a point where we, we recently moved to um, a new neighborhood where our daughter is able to walk to high school and I miss those times in the car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are a lot of benefits to it also don't get me wrong, but those times in the car, when we were able to talk and, and um, really center our morning on the Lord in those prayer times, 
but you know, we find other ways to do it now too, but it's for those, if any moms in the trenches out there who are just tired of all the carpooling, take advantage of it, take advantage of it. <laughs> make Flip it your prayer script. time, make yes. it, make it something, make the things like the red lights and the, the shuttling in the car opportunities. And I, opportunities. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, where can our listeners connect with you and online and on social media and find your books? Well, great question. I appreciate that. So you can find me online at beckykopitsky.com. And Jamie, I just know you're going to have some spelling for my last name in the show notes somewhere, right? Yes, I will. And <laughs> links. So. And links. Wonderful, because nobody really knows how to spell that last name. And then um, you have information about my books is also on my website, but um, you can find them on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the places. So I just I really always enjoy an opportunity to meet more women, to serve more women with um, the words that God has given me. So appreciate you having me on your program today. This is really fun. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And what about social media? Where do you like to hang out? Social media? I'm usually on Facebook and, and I should be more on Instagram than I am. I have a wonderful Instagram account um, that I don't maintain very well. So find me on Facebook. <laughs> Just Becky Kopitsky on Facebook. Okay. Well, how can we pray for you? I'm going to close this up in prayer today. How can we pray for you today? Oh, thank you for asking. Just pray that I would be present and aware of all the opportunities God gives me on a daily basis to bless my family first mm -hmm. and foremost, and then others in my community. I don't want opportunities to go um, unseen and I want to obey God's prompting. So if you pray for me to obey God's nudges when he gives them to me, that this is how you ought to speak into someone's life today. Here's how you can bless them. That would, that would be fantastic. All right. I will do that. Well, thank, thank you, you, Becky. Thank you so much for being here and just for sharing your heart for, for blessing others and this message. I know it is going to sow some seeds that are going to, to just bear lots of fruit in, in all of us listening today and in I the people so. that read your book. So thank you. I hope so. Thank you. All right. Well, let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time. Thank you for setting aside this opportunity to talk about blessing others and just the importance of truly seeing people and being open to your spirits leading to just to love others. That's Jesus boiled down the law and the prophets into love God and love others. And that's, that is what we are called to do first and foremost. So God, we just, we pray that you would just, you would give us the eyes to see the ears to hear the knowledge, the prompting to change the world one blessing at a time. God, we lift Becky up to you. We thank you for just placing this message in her heart for anointing her to go forward, to write this book, to speak about this message, to live it out in her own life. And we just pray for her now, Lord. Um, we know that the enemy would love to prevent her from living out this message that you've given her. And so we pray your protection, God, that you would just be fighting those spiritual battles, that you would be making a way for her to hear you clearly, to see the ways that she can be a blessing 
first to her family and, and then to those around her and then ultimately to the world. God, we just pray for her book, for her books, for her future books, and that you would open doors that she never imagined to get these messages out to people and to glorify you in the process and to really um, bring revival, to spark revival in individuals' hearts and lives, to be open to blessing others, to take us from our social media and internet and, and online lives that just seem to be pushing us increasingly inward and, and flipping that around so that we're pushing outward. We're looking outward. We're looking for opportunities to bless others. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder. And we just pray God, you would pour out blessings on Becky, on her ministry, on her work, on her writing, on her uh, local church ministry, on her friendships, on her family, and just allow her to live out this message boldly and um, just passionately. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.